The Staff and Graph Podcast. This is weird. My lock's been drilled, so I open the door and my steering wheel is missing. In looks or salad. You know what? You're trying very hard not to get sued. You can have all the talent in the world skating around, but if you don't have a goaltender, it does not matter. Team tidy business, baby. Jesse, you and I, I mean, look, it's the middle of summer. A lot of people are, uh, uh, you know, a lot of people on Twitter and the, in the hockey sphere saying, you know, oh, I'm taking a vacation. I'm going to be, uh, no, we're here. We're both exhausted. You've had to take care of a human life um, that apparently is, is that is teething, that, it, that gets sick all the time because children are germ factories, as we know. Um, I've had to move out of my place. I've, this is the first, this is the first, like, the first day that I've had internet in my new place, the first podcast I recorded in there. It's very nice. Um, so both you and I, our brains are operating at about, I would say 40 capacity, 40% capacity, maybe That's generous. 30, yeah. 30, 30%, 35. Um, I'm normally at 35. Yeah. So I might be at six. Oh, geez. All right. Well, we'll, we'll get through this. So basically we're just going to, we're doing this pod. It's great. We're going to run through some of the signings that happened happened over the last week and then we're going to touch on um unfortunately the hockey more of the more hockey canada developments um but let's hop into it because look there were as as much as we haven't gotten that cadre signing yet and last week we talked about the crazy um you know like matthew to chuck for jonathan huberto absolute blockbuster trade and mm. look i guess we can i guess we can t- talk real briefly about how both Uyghur and huberto have said publicly that they'd be open to signing long term in calgary even though I mean Huberto was there for a music festival um, last week, I believe, mm. but I'm not sure if if Uyghur is currently there. Um, what do, what do we think of this? Because that was the big thing of the trade, right? Is like they're probably gonna like they're probably they, they might walk, and that's why you could get both of these guys. What what did you think? A couple of people on Twitter were like, "Wow," I, and these are like anti-Calgary people. I haven't spent enough time in Calgary to really form you know a solid opinion. Have you on been it to Calgary? City. Yeah, once. Yep. Yep. I don't get up north that way. I don't go up where you guys are up there in the northwest. You're not in the northwest. Ubiquitous. I'm in you. Toronto. What are you talking yeah, about, man? <laughs> so, um, a bunch of people. My point I'm making, Mike, is a bunch of people on Twitter were like, "Well, wait, wait till they get up there. They're gonna hate it." I'm like, you don't think either one of these guys have ever been to Calgary before? <laughs> like in their hockey playing careers, they haven't stopped there one time ever. It's just they're they're totally foreign to it. This is their first time in the city. Come on, they know what they're they know what they're getting into. And they don't know the nuance of the organization. Okay, yeah. fair. I, I I'll give you that. But like, that wasn't what the argument was. The argument was nobody like people hate Calgary as a city, and no one wants to live there. And I was like, they, like these people have like Jonathan Huberto. You don't think he's ever played in Calgary once in his life ever? Are you kidding me with this argument? I'm not surprised, but I don't know what. Why are people surprised by this, Mike? I'm not surprised by this. I mean, it's nice to a good organization. Look, it's 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 a Canadian team. I think that's why mainly people were were wondering. It's like, oh, it's. I know that. Are they both Canadian? I'm not sure about Uyghur, but I know that I know that Huberto is is Canadian, and so like you know you been you been to Canada like you know it's not huge culture shock compared to you know a, an American who's played in America all the time. Look, I think this is this is what this is what players say all the time. He's from Ottawa, by the way. So Huberto, no uh, Uyghur. Oh yeah, okay. So yeah. they're both Canadian, man. Like 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 you know it's it's not like the main culture shock is like oh you know you don't like you know we have different color money and we don't have the same we don't have the same sports channels. And, you know, we, we, we have different flavored chips. Like we have ketchup chips and all dress chips down here and stuff like There's crazy a rodeo, stuff. Right. 
Yeah, there's a, there's the Calgary Stampede in Calgary, which apparently everyone talks about. I don't know. I as as an Easterner, as an Eastern elite, I look down on on the people having fun and you know, uh, you can wear Coin your cowboy. You yeah, wear your cowboy no boots and your in your in your cowboy hats. That's fine. I'll be I'll be at the opera. I want high prices. No no grass anywhere. No grass. Um. Ah, yeah. God, this city is just uh, it's turning to turn to crap. Anyway, I digress. Um. That's what everyone says, man. That's what every player in this situation would say. It's the NHL. As much as this trade was crazy, it's it's not like it hasn't changed the fact that we're still in a pretty. Uh, a, a pretty conservative NHL. And of course they're going to say the thing that's good for, good for PR, good for, you know, like they're going to say a thing that a team can make a nice infographic of and, and all that. That's, that's exactly what they did. Um, we'll, but though, Mike, to, yeah? to be fair though, isn't it like, that's a, you know, I think a statement like Uberdo saying, I, I want to stay here and resign. Like I, I could see my, now obviously like you could play the card of like the, Calgary never met my contract demands. I didn't like their offer, but I feel like that's a serious commitment though, to make on day one before you've even played a game for the franchise. But it's a tough thing to walk back later, right? Like if Calgary throws an eight year, you know, um, gargantuan Goudreau esque contract at you, you're going to have a hard time walking away from that. <laughs> on the first day of the job, you've made a commitment to stay there for an extended period of time. I don't know. You know, I, I just, on, you know, under, under promise over deliver, right. That's always been my motto. Um, I just, I feel like that's, uh, that's just a big commitment right out of the gate. You know, it's like an episode of 90 day fiance or something like that. You know, look, if Ky- if Kyrie Irving did it, anyone, what did he do? do? I don't know. What did he do? You don't remember he... this? Okay. He was, it was, yeah, I don't watch the NBA. I don't know. Okay. Yep. It's, it is hilarious. It was a season. This is back when he was in Boston. Um, when he was playing for the Celtics, I think it was like 2019. This was a, or 2018, 2019. This was a season ticket holder event. And, and, you know, he, he has like the mic and he goes, you know, like, yeah, you know, I got my, like, I love it here. And if you guys will have me, I would love to resign here, you know, and everyone goes, yay. And then literally like, not even like it was at the start of the season. He's like, I sure would like to sign here. If you guys will have me like all, all humble and whatever end of the season. No, he, he, he's like, so done with the Celtics. He bolts, goes to the nets with Kevin Peace Durant. Out. Yeah. And now Kevin Durant wants out of the net, the nets. It's nuts. But like, so this wouldn't be the first time an athlete has gone, you know, Oh, I'd love to be here. You know, I'd love to resign here and then not do it. Like it's, it wouldn't be revolutionary, but you're right. Like, I think it is, I think, I think the way that just like the, the strongness of the words, this is, this is the point of the summer where we're at, where we're like breaking down the language that they're using <laughs> the semantics of the semantics. Of the, yeah, yeah. If you watch his right eyebrow, exactly. said it, there's a two inch lift indicative to me that uh, he's fibbing. Exactly. Um, no, it's, I was uh, like, like what Uyghur says, uh, I think Uyghur's quote was even more, he was like, I can definitely, definitely, like he says like definitely or really twice when he doesn't yeah. need to, which is a lot. Look, I think it would be great. Like what should they give an eight year contract to like a guy who's approaching 30, who, you know, doesn't play defense and like it, you know, might, it might, his, his, you know, his skills might decline by the time, you know, like by the time, you know, two year, two or three of that deal, probably not. But I think it's, I think the fact that these guys are saying it in the aftermath of everything that happened uh, this off season, I think that's great for them. I think that's exactly what they needed. You can't rule out the fact that maybe they're just like really good friends. They're super best friends and they're making the commitment to play there together. Cause they don't yeah. want to be, you know, they just want to, they want to ride out in the sunset like that. You know? They just can't bear can't be yep. to be without anyone else. All right. Um, John Klingberg. This is a very, this is a big this, one. This, is a big this one. it was a big one. Well, 
the maybe la- not one of the last big ones, though. It's one of the last big say, ones they got. Maybe not as big as he would have hoped at the start of the summer. Um, I think, and this is just me, this this guy got Cody Franzen. I remember. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, absolutely do. Yeah. Where Cody Franzen was like, I'm going to get a lot of money. And then, and the, you know, and Watch then his, this agent, guy's. Yeah. And his agent just around all summer just completely over like completely underestimating the market or overestimating i guess and he had to settle for a one-year deal in buffalo at the end of the year and then he just never he never made it back to to where what he was going to do like that's i think john klingberg cody franz himself there's not so he signs a one-year seven million dollar deal for the ducks great i think that's a great ad by the ducks they've had a lot of they've had a lot of pieces you know klingberg they've Mm -hmm. added strom you know like a lot of a lot of interesting stuff still haven't re-signed sonny milano which is weird but you know they've they've done that um now what what in what i think kind of confirms it is is klingberg fired his agent like a week before this contract was signed i really do think john klingberg's agent because we know that there was a long-term extension on the table in dallas yeah um that he turned down yeah and i mean i can't imagine his agent was like yeah man like don't don't sign long term you're going to be 30 people are definitely going to want to give you a long-term contract when you're 30 next year like it just it didn't it doesn't make sense but he's going to the ducks this is like you said the last big sort of other than cadre the last big signing we got here what do you think right side for the ducks is looking pretty decent right got drysdale klingberg and shattenkirk yeah, the right. That's, that's not too a bad. really good yeah. one to three. That's yeah. really good. Real good for the Ducks. Um, so I mean, like, still a ways away for them. I don't exactly know, like, if you look at that team, what the plan is or like what they're doing. You know, um, Cam Fowler's nine thousand years old, right? Um, hey, he's still there. Holy crap, yeah, Cam Fowler's so, still there. Forgot about so him. It's like I, you know, I don't, I don't know where they're in a, a state of flux. I think, but they've made themselves better they're a better you have to i mean they're going to be a better hockey team next year i don't know to what end that gets them or you know they're not competing with the heavy hitters in the in the west that's for sure um so you're kind of just in that point where you're probably good enough to get a really shitty draft position and that's exactly that's the winnipeg jets model right there <laughs> it's the winnipeg jets model i was just thinking that like i said i have i like in in dangle navy we uh in the dang navy team that we play we have a consistent group chat you know that goes all the time um i was just uh it's it's funny because i mounted my tv um onto my wall and i showed all the guys because i was getting roasted for my for my tv uh stand setup prior uh to this yeah um in my in my last place and uh an unnamed member of the group chat said yeah i just got done mounting your mom um that's <laughs> correct and I'll tell you off, Mike, who said that. And it's someone you might not, it might not be who you think it is. Um, that means it's Myrtle. Here's the thing, though. Um, hey, look, I'm not, I'm not confirming we, or denying. I mean, it was, we, well, I'm not confirming or denying. A couple people, there are a couple people that we let off the hook last week because I did, just so you know, I spoke to Ian after the show. No, I, I got a lot of, I got a lot of flack about it too. <laughs> I said to Ian, I said, you know, I just want you to know, I came, all, from, I came personally, I don't, I can't speak for Mike. I came personally from a place of peace. I was just trying to mediate the conversation. I got no dog of the race. Ian did tell me he felt as though that was one of the most honest assessments of his game he'd ever heard. So he he owned that one. But we, I felt like we let Steve and James off the hook. So maybe not this episode, did. we need to loop back to them because I tried to eke some inside info out of Ian 
about James and I didn't yes. I got nothing he didn't give okay. me anything he wanted to like he went into complimenting him he was like no he's actually really good like, yeah, I don't want to hear that I want the Ian's drama a great teammate like Ian okay here's the thing with Ian too and and I know this is a really quick non second we'll get back into Klingberg talk here's the thing with Ian is that he is almost to a fault like he will he will take responsibility for everything okay and we'll have to be like like you, that wasn't your fault man like, yeah. like, like shut, shut up darling but like he's most like, most other hockey players are like to shirk that level of responsibility no he's he's the opposite of the guy who's like he's like what do you what did you want me to do there no it'll be like we'll get scored on you and he'll be at the complete other other end of the ice like you know had nothing to do with the play in like a way that makes sense to be like oh guys sorry you know you're right i didn't i didn't stop that break i'm like ian you did great you don't need to like he is he is the best teammate. He is he is our glue guy. There's a reason why we made him our mascot. Yeah. Like I told yeah, you about right. this. No, you told me, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we have a big ginger guy with a tail and it's Ian. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ian Tullock. But yeah, anyway. Um, yeah, John Klingberg definitely got uh look, he definitely got Cody Franson here. And and it's a shame because this is the kind of guy, and it wouldn't have been worth the money he probably would have made on a long-term deal, I think, because you know, he's approaching 30. He 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 is a defenseman who does not play defense. I was just going to say that, like that you, you can't, you have to talk about the, the offensive metric part of this and like yes. how bad it can be, you know, he's like really and, and, bad. And Dallas is a team that doesn't, you know, they play a pretty, you know, or did, I should say, uh, played like a, you know, pretty stringent defensive system. You know, we're a team that like exactly busted the lid off and you would think it would make them look good. Yeah. You think so. That's what I was getting at, but that wasn't the case. Oh, sorry point i was making was mm-hmm. i don't want to like poo poo his game because he's a very good defense he's a very good defenseman but it was a combination of the age right it was a combination of the fact that we're so late into the period teams have already spent money and uh the kind of deal that he's looking for you know people don't have that right now available for the most part um and then i wonder too um what some of the other deals he might have had before he fired this agent or the press the prior agent what, what were the, some of the other deals he got like what, what was getting vetted to him? You know, you always wonder, like, was there stuff that he walked away from, you know, from a salary and term perspective that like, you know, he would desperately take now, you know, what kind of advice was he getting? I don't know. I always find that stuff interesting. Right. I mean, like, I bet just based on stuff, it was like, he would get like a four year, like 6.5 million per year deal or six deal. And he was like, no, I can do better. So based on what he settled for you, I think you pretty much nailed it. Cause if I, rem- if I remember correctly, evolving wild i looked it up because you know a lot of the pittsburgh like latang drama a lot of people were like klingberg's the fix for this you know but it was like i think it was four years like close to seven so i yeah i think you're right on that i um, bet i guarantee you he got and i don't have any inside info to be but, fair though mike like yeah. there are a lot of general managers in the league who would do something stupid like throwing a five-year you know 35 million dollar you know contract yeah. at him or something like that i don't you know um so i don't know it's always something something to think about but um that's it's a really good player for anaheim the problem with this is is that how good does a one-year contract do somebody like john klingberg you're gonna be because all the only no matter how good of a year he has at the end of this contract he's 31 <laughs> you know what i mean like no matter how well you play your agent, your that like the thing that made people hesitant about you to begin with is only going to get worse, right? You're not improving father, you can't improve age. You don't fix that. So I you know, I guess you can go and knock everybody's socks off in Anaheim. And then, you know, from a money perspective, maybe, you know, he's but but again, like I, I don't know. If it's term he's looking for, I just don't I don't know that that's gonna come that easily. Yeah, he'll be 31 by the time next Dallas would have where it would have been came easy, where it would have come easily, Mike. That that's it. That's really it. 
uh, yeah, he'll be 31 by the time next season starts. Um, look, this is a kind of player that like you add him to your lineup and he is extremely he, he, like, it's a huge, it's a boon to get him. Like, you know, again, he's, this is a guy who scored a 50 point pace for his entire career. He averages 22 minutes per night. You know, he, he can move the puck. He can score, you know, like he's, he can, he's a great distributor, great guy to, to, to quarterback a power play. Um, he's a right shot, which is huge. You know, they're only, I think they're only like 78 right shot defensemen in the NHL. Like, yeah, you know, that's very few. That's, you know, that's only, that's a little bit above, you know, one, uh, two per team. Like, you know, it's, it's pretty tough. Um, so this is a great player to get. Um, it's just, it's, it's very odd because this is the kind of deal that I would, I would see a team that is closer to a cup signing. This is a team, yeah. this is a deal I would, I would see like, I don't know, like Calgary or like, like before they, before they extended everyone, they had a team like friggin' Tampa or someone coming out of nowhere and being like, all right, we'll take John Klingberg, please. Like, you know, and, and give him a one-year deal because like, yeah, it will make the ducks like a little bit better, but let's not get it. He's not going to push them into the playoffs. Um, he's just going to push them out of a better draft spot. Yep. Like we just talked about. And then with Klingberg, even if he has a monster season, like even if he puts up like 65 points or something, he's still going to be a 31 year old offensively offense, like offensively only like offensive centric offensives, like, you know, focused defenseman um, who has to start, you know, 60% of his shifts in the offensive zone just to, to be impactful. Um, who's then what going to think that he's going to cash in on a five, six year deal or something like it on the open market. That's not going to happen. So it's odd. You can, you uh, like, I, I can understand why he fired his agent because this is a very bad situation. Like this is exactly, look, you get drafted, you, 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 you debut at, you know, like 18, 19, 20, you go through your three year ELC, you go through all your, your, your RFA years. Then you go through all your RFA plus arbitration years. Then finally, finally you get to unrestricted free agency. You know, at a, at a time at, at the last, you know, when you're when you're just about to exit your prime and m- countless players before John Klingberg have done that and they finally get to that prime and they cash in and he hasn't been able to do that. He didn't get his opportunity to. And I think he's probably pretty <laughs> pissed about that. Um, and so it'll be really interesting to see what he does and what happens next summer. His partner is probably going to be Uro Vakanainen. So, um, not bad. yeah, we'll see. I mean, you know, it's like a good, you know, archetype for him to play with. I, I do think, like, because I don't, this segment make it probably seem like we're poo pooing on John Klingberg a little no, bit. He's a like, great player, like we yeah, said. Yeah, I would say, like, really, when it comes to like puck movement and like zone exits and, and entries and stuff like that, you know, there's that you, you could scoop out a, like, a, I think a group of defensemen and call them elite in that regard. And he's certainly one of them, you know, no, make no mistake about that. So great player for Anaheim, but I agree with you, Mike. Like, I just don't understand. Um, and I feel like Anaheim is just collecting hockey cards for a collection. Yeah, you know? it's weird. They're it's like got that vibe. Team. Yeah, but then I don't. The other thing too is you mentioned Sonny Milano. Um, I don't understand. I don't understand the general unease, seeming unease around him as a player. Period. Point blank. I don't get it. I don't understand. Like he had a great year. He was stapled to some talented players, um, but there's just a. That's such a. That's such a weird player to still be available for me um i would not have put him on the list of you know august availability right um dude like freaking jeremy lozon got a four-year deal like and you're telling yeah. me sunny no one wants to sign sunny milano like right. come on he's great yeah. i wonder what he's commanding like i wonder yeah. what he could command on a deal yeah guy had a great year last year great year 
doesn't make any sense to me. So, and he's like, he's, he's not like, he's not young, but he's not old. The guy had the guy had 34 points in 66 games last year. To be fair though, he did start 70.9% of his shifts in the offensive zone. Yeah. Speaks to maybe a potential limitation defensively there. So, yeah, but I mean, you like, this is the kind of player who I'm just shocked. Didn't get anything more. All right. Another one. Yes. He pulled they avoid arbitration one year, three mil. We can just hit this quick because I mean, he's, he's been in, in the news uh, in rumors a lot. Look, I'm, I wholeheartedly believe that, um, that this just makes him easier to trade. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Now, now that his contract situation is shored up now that another team that would be acquiring him wouldn't have to go through an arbitration hearing potentially. But I mean, if you get Yessi Pugliarvi, that's a great price. Um, to have Matt, even if it's just for one year. Yeah, and I think like the expectation among pretty much everyone is that he's, you know, I don't think gonna skyrocket into like your elite tier NHL talent, but like as a player who in a better, not I don't want to term better environment because it's not a bad. He needs a new environment. Let's put it like that. I think he is on the list of a lot of people for that stock ticker uh, to go up for the stonks to just start cranking in, yeah, uh, bullish stonks. So uh, yeah, I mean at that at that price tag, it's uh, you could do a lot worse. I've, I've banged this drum in like every piece that I've ever written about him when it comes to whether it's, you know, like, like a, a, a newser or, you know, like a five RFAs or whatever. Like I keep saying like, look, he's young. He drives possession. He's defensively responsible. He, you know, he's, he's bound to rebound from off like offensively. And even then he still outproduced Kaylor Yamamoto or Kyle mm-hmm. Yamamoto, sorry, on a, on, on a points per game basis. Like he's, he's, he, you know, he, he's, big he does everything you would want and yes he has he still has some stuff to put together but like why i don't get understand why he's the one that everyone banded together in 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 that weird sort of pocket of humanity that is edmonton and has just gone like all right this is the guy we're gonna run out of town like it's just like it's so weird i don't get it i don't know like did he run over someone with his car and we don't know about it like did he i i don't know but sunny milano is with him he was in the, in the front seat. Exactly. It had, that has ran to be. Word got out. Nobody wants to sign him now. Or trade it has for him. to be. Um, yep. Ranger signed Capo Caco. Two years. $2.1 million. Um, I think it's fine. I mean, I think I think Caco needs to uh, start scoring some goals. Yeah. Like super, probably one of the more controversial players. Uh, Alexis Lafreniere ditched the, like, whipping boy moniker probably for the Rangers fans in the playoffs with that young kid line he was on. Um, he had like his breakout, you know, monumental performance mm-hmm. uh, that did not happen. Has not happened with Capo Caco. Um, they love Capo Caco over there. And then some people hate him. He's the most polarizing figure in New York hockey. And I can't get enough of it. I love the Capo, the Caco Caco arguments. The Caco Caco. Um, I just said that I totally butchered that Capo Caco. You know, it's, it's, it's nonstop. It's nonstop. He's the worst player of all time. He's the best player of all time. There's no middle ground. It's a war zone out there. You step on a mine, you get blown up. It's, it's bad. You know what he could do to really quell this, this kind of argument? Score is, more goals. Yes, is score something around the production level of a player who was picked second overall. Yeah. That would be terrific. Um, all right. Ethan Bear, one-year extension, Carolina Hurricanes. Um, I was very interested by this. This was the most like this was this was going to be the most interesting negotiation I um, that I thought was going to come through. Why? Um, just because like every like, first of all, his his uh, his qualifying offer was pretty high. 
It's calling mm. off qualifying offer, I believe, was like 2.5 million or something, mm. um, or 2.8 even, I think, or something like that. He um, he's young, he's right shot, he moves, he drives possession, but at the same time, um, this is a guy who who fell out of the of the Hurricanes top six uh, throughout most of the last year. He was injured, and then he was scratched through the entire playoffs. And then there were rumors that he would even want a fresh start. Um, so I was wondering, okay, like is this guy going to even like, is he, are they going to trade him? Like his, like they could, if, are they going to, like, if they qualify him, he could just take his qualifying offer. Um, but it turns out that he signed a one-year deal that was lower than I believe his qualifying offer was, uh, uh I, I believe it's 2.2 million. He's, he's, he's a conundrum, but I'm really mm-hmm. excited to see what he does. Yeah. I mean, there was a time, uh, where I think he was like a really good partner for, for Jacob Slavin. So, mm-hmm. um, I expect you're probably going to be there again next year. Right. So at some point, um, but yeah, you would hope so. You would hope, hope so. that he gets, that he gets, but then again, like they brought in a guy like Brent Burns, you know, mm-hmm. he is, Brent Burns, I believe shoots, right. You know, like it's, it's, uh, uh, like, like it's, he, it's not guaranteed that he's going to be in the top six to start the year. Like it's very interesting. Well, I, and you wonder what would have, you know, what would have happened if, you know, he had that, 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 you know, the COVID situation, you know, what would have happened if, you know, he wouldn't have run into that, but exactly. Um, no, probably 100%. A little, I think to Mike a little bit better defensively than a lot of people are willing to give him credit for. Really? I think that's, so. That's quite yeah. controversial, but I'm going to take your word for it. I don't think he's good defensively. No, um, but better... I think he's better than a lot of people are willing to give him credit for. And I solely say that because of his mobility and his skating, but. All right. Well, there you go. Um, In, in your neck of the woods, Danton Heinen. Danton Heinen gets a, gets a one year, $1 million Great contract. contract. Unbelievable for a guy who scored 18 goals last year. Holy smokes, man. The, the Penguins. Gosh, darn it, man. Yeah, I know. Right. Like what an I think, season. Like, yeah. Well, when everything happened, you had Brian Russ get signed. And then once the Kapanen deal got done, I think pretty much everybody resigned to Danton Heinen being gone. Which kind of sucked because players like Danton Heinen do pretty much grow on trees, mm-hmm. like Danton Heinen, Nick Spalling. These are all the same kind of player. Yeah. But this is also one who's I think Danton Heinen's record for scoring goals is not elite. It's you know he's never going to be a you know twenty five guy, but for paying a million dollars, Mike, for a guy who scored eighteen goals, yeah, limited utility, not killing penalties, not playing on the power play. This is just an even strength player, but. It's a lot of it's a lot of even strength goals. So I uh, I think everybody in Pittsburgh is happy about this piece of business. Pretty amazing that uh, Hextall got it done. Went from being like this vilified, like everyone hates Ron Hextall. Like what is he doing? He's ruining our dream. Mm-hmm. To wow, like Ron Hextall is a potential wizard. This is the greatest thing that's ever happened to us. So it's been a real swing of emotions. But I think pretty much everybody in Pittsburgh right now is is happy and it's really waiting to see who the defenseman is that gets moved because they have too many of them. Uh, they're, they're still, uh, you know, in a bad situation cap wise potentially is, you know, anywhere from like 750,000 to like 1.2 million over depending on who's on the roster uh, and who they decide to keep up. So they've got it. They got to shed salary still. Um, and I, and it probably is going to be a defenseman. So I think that's, where everyone's eye in Pittsburgh is right now is who gets moved out and who do they get moved out for? Cause it's going to be a hockey trade. They're not yeah. going to shed the salary. Like they're going to bring some, they need another wing probably. So they're going to probably bring, they're going to try to bring somebody in when they move that defenseman out. But it could be like, it could be a guy like Mike, like Brian Dumoulin, right? That would who, be, that would be that would huge, suck. right? Like, yeah, it would. I think it would, you know, there's a lot of uh, 
guy won two cups here. Like, you know, he's been stapled to crystal tanks hip for the better part of a decade. Mm -hmm. So I think that would be an adjustment. People would be hurt by that, but like they still need help on the wing. So, you know, and Brian Dumoulin's got a lot of age on him and he's getting older. His wheels aren't what they used to be. It could be a guy like Marcus Pedersen. Yeah. That was the name. Defensive. And, and I think that would bun people out too, because like, you know, he's probably at this point right now, the best defensive defenseman on the team. Um, sneaky good at it too. So either way, I think it's going to be somebody with utility. Uh, but that's, I think the one thing for the rest of this summer, you know, I don't know that it can happen now, Mike, because so much business has already been done, but you know, somebody's going to get hurt in camp yeah. Oh, yeah. up in September. There's going to be a need. And then all of a sudden the phones start ringing. So I think that's a deal that probably gets done sometime in the beginning to middle of October once uh, the war of attrition starts, so to speak. Did we did we talk about Jeff Petrie and Mike Matheson and and yeah yeah okay yeah. so that's a lot of a lot of changes on uh, on, on Pittsburgh's back end I mean you know Mike Matheson and uh, John Marino both gone and then you bring in bring in Jeff Petrie that's huge it's going to be a very old uh, team but very fun. interesting one yeah old but yes. fun team old but yeah. fun and that's all we all just need vibes in Pittsburgh I think at this point you know it's, that's, <laughs> that's all it is man we're all we need. solely off of that producer Connor here jumping in. This is a content warning. Sexual assault will be discussed in reference to the Hockey Canada allegations for the rest of the podcast. So if you'd like to tune out, please do. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back at some point. Um, all right. Now, unfortunately, this is uh, the, we're not going to spend too much time on this because, you know, there have been a lot of really, really talented uh, journalists who have put in the legwork. Um, we don't want to step on their on their shoulders, but I think it's or step on their toes or or, you know, use their work to, to pass off as ours. But we, we it's important to talk about the Hockey Canada uh, developments that are coming out. Um, you know, in the time that we've recorded a, you know, there that we last recorded, there was another accusation against Hockey Canada um, from a, uh, relating to a group, alleged group sexual assault uh, by the 2002 World Junior Team uh, that was in, that was in Halifax. Um, again, that, that just horrific. And then we also have learned that. So they've been meeting with NPs. Um, they've been speaking in the, in the, you know, like basically in, in Canada's version of Congress, they've been testifying, uh, you know, it's it, like everyone from hockey Canada. We've learned that there was one individual um, in hockey Canada who has been related. So there were, they've settled at least 12, um, like they've, they've handed out 12 settlements of this nature um, for cases, hockey Canada. Mm. And no, what that's up that's not correct mike it's not they've, they've paid out 8.9 million dollars to settle up 21 cases oh okay so that that number has has grown since the last time <laughs> since i checked 80, since 89 yeah since 89 they've uh that's insane yeah the state so uh they've paid 8.9 million dollars specific to alleged sexual assault cases um nine of those cases mm-hmm um were used uh, were were settled vis-a-vis the national equity fund yeah the national equity fund which by the way mike was maintained by the sign up dues yeah uh, for kids participating in hockey canada so when you were paying the money to get your kid involved that money was going out to hockey canada to be able to you know basically settle and just and hide away because that's what it is, right? To settle out and all of these uh, uh, victims, 
uh, were all on non-disclosure agreements so that they couldn't, you know, break their stories or mm-hmm. share them. Um, the money was just solely used to, you know, keep them quiet and keep the the problem um, from becoming public. Uh, but boy, it has. Um, the thing I think that this point that, that is probably the uh, the biggest for me, Mike, mm-hmm. is the fact that Scott Smith is refusing to give up yes. post. Um, um, that should be the first as, thing that as happens. CEO. Yeah, he referred to, and as a direct quote from him, um, you know, paying out these victims um, were were what he referred to as, and I quote, uninsured liabilities. Like him, him when all of this happened, like when all of this came to light initially, the first thing that should have happened is this guy steps down. Yeah, he oversaw this. Um, like you've been, you've been in in the post. He hasn't been in this specific post that he's in right now, but he was, you know, he he, he was there. And the fact that he has put his foot feet in the ground or, or you know, stuck his heels in the ground is ridiculous. Um, look, there's not a ton. Because we're not on the front lines here, there's not a ton left to say other than that that we've that we haven't said already, which is gut the organization, like yeah. from top to bottom. This this you know the the what this, are you preserving, right? Like at this yes, point, right? This organization has been given federal funding. You know, it's supposed to be a paragon of hockey in Canada. It's supposed to usher in the next generations of hockey at an amateur level, and amateur level and beyond. But it's supposed to be the grassroots feeding tube of our national sport or national winter sport. And we have just realized that they are using the funds that parents, you know, that that's, you know, single mothers, single fathers, you know, grandparents, whatever, when they scrounge together to pay these registration fees to hockey Canada, they've been using that money as hush money to get to, to essentially shoo away and sweep under the rug, heinous acts that have been committed by people under, under their, their banner. Heinous. And, and like, it's starting to, you know, specific, the 2018 um, and the investigation around that team, like the details are starting to come out mm-hmm. um, and they're really awful. And I have to like challenge anyone who doesn't think that this is like a cultural issue, Mike, because this is 100% uh, ingrained uh, yes. into the game. I think, Dude, it's- I think, I think the only point, the only thing you have to do at this point, like the only other person you have to convince is Gary Batman. Like, I think yeah. like, this is, this has united, like, at least in Canada. And this again, never happens in, in the same in the States. This has united politicians across the aisle. You have liberals and conservatives sitting next to each other in Canada's house of commons, yeah. um, taking on hockey Canada. Like th- this is, this is one of these things. This never happens. Like, I just want to say this, this never happens. Like in, in Canada specifically, you are like, it's when you vote on bills, if you, if you vote, if you cross like party lines, you get kicked out of your party. That's the way crazy. Our, it works. <laughs> yeah. And yet we have, we have liberals and conservatives sitting next to each other, you know, in our version of Congress and, agreement. and agreeing like that, yeah. that is how bad this situation is um, and what is done. And first things first too, Mike is, is get this registry set up this complaint registry set up that you know the, the 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 women's team has been pushing for this let's have a transparent reporting system where can we go what's the hierarchy who do we go to who do we talk to let's make these you know when, when something comes up, let's make it public everybody needs to know um we're like we're late on this we're mm-hmm. we're way late like this has to go in 
across and, and the United States needs to get on board too, right? Like everybody needs to get on board. Like Absolutely. I think whatever Canada does, Mike, let's copy and paste the, the, that structure, whatever mm-hmm. comes out of this, what the fix is, let's put the fix into place everywhere and not just in Canada. Absolutely. Couldn't be said better. All right, Jesse, I think we're going to head out here before <laughs> Zoom cuts us off. Um, I will see you potentially next week. If not, we will keep you updated. <laughs>